It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube. And if you're looking for good football content on YouTube, can I recommend for you KJ All Day with former Seahawks linebacker KJ Wright, who joins us now, of course, played for Dan Quinn uh, when Quinn was the defensive coordinator in Seattle. KJ, appreciate you, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for some time. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Big news over there in Washington. You guys got your guy in Dan Quinn, my former coach. So, thoroughly excited for him. I'm happy for him. It's going to be a really fun ride over there in Washington. Yeah, so t- talk to me about DQ. Because obviously, you know, a lot of fans here, they just see the resume of like, oh, he's a retread. It looks a lot like Rivera's resume. And people are nervous. But you played for the guy. You know him. What makes yep. DQ special? Why does everybody that's played for him love this guy? First off, he's an awesome human being. He's an awesome person, and um, I love the man. He, he finds out what you're doing off the field, sees how your family's doing, see what you're going through mentally throughout the season. And so he gets that part of, of you just being a human being. And then you just go to the football side. The guy is a solid dude. He's a brilliant mind. When you talk about the personalities that we had in Seattle, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, or Michael Bennett, it's like – you need a phenomenal leader to lead a bunch of those guys. And he held everyone to a very high standard, as talented and as good as we were. When we did mess up, Dan Quinn was the guy to address it and to make sure that we not slip. And obviously, what you saw, we was the most dominating defense for four years in a row. And so um, just an awesome mind. He knows at the right time when to call a certain coverage, when to dial with a certain blitz. And he can see things before they even happen on the football field. That makes for a perfect coordinator. It makes for a perfect coach. The way he just puts guys in position to be successful. successful. And so on. Um, there's not no Ron Rivera 2.0. Two different personalities at that. And so on. Um, it's going to be really, really different over there with the commanders. I'm glad that you said that because I'm tired of hearing that comment. And he's been the head coach <laughs> for a few hours now. I mean, I was tired of it before he was named head coach and he was a candidate. Um, you know, that that humanness, though, is the thing that I think a lot of people said about Rom, where they connect that dot. But I, I, I think it's totally different in that accountability level, the ability to both be your friend, but be your coach. Mm-hmm. How did he walk that line when I think that's, by the way, where Rivera failed tremendously and in, in why things went sideways for him, both yep. in Carolina and here. How does DQ accomplish that? Oh, he, he understood the timing like no other. He understood that when it's Tell the Truth Monday, when we come into this film room, if you played great, yeah, life is good. You know, you did good. But, hey, I saw this, and let's tighten up on this. And if you went out there and you had a bad game, he really addresses it face-to-face, man-to-man. He's not out there bashing you, just dog-cussing you. That's not his style at all but it's like a genuine, authentic, solid approach that we need as men and that we need as NFL players. And so for him to just understand that, yeah, life is good. We're going to have some fun. We're going to just celebrate our wins. But throughout this journey, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. And I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to address it. And, and, and it's going to come from the quarterback. It's going to come to the running back, to the receivers. And so that's a really healthy environment that he created over there in Seattle. Went to Atlanta and learned. Went to a Super Bowl and learned. And um, I believe that what people are upset with when it comes to the hiring of Dan Quinn is the Packers game. That 48-point um, loss that they had to Green Bay. That sucked. That stung. They all played terrible that ball game. Yeah. But, look, but yeah, look at the holistic approach that, done, that, that Dan has brought 
to the Dallas Cowboys. Look at what he's done for that defense. Those guys did a lot of really good things this season. And I believe that UFC, he's going to do a lot of really good things for the commanders as well. KJ Wright is with us. KJ all day on YouTube, also doing radio for Cairo up in Seattle, one of the nation's great uh, sports radio stations. So, uh, KJ, I do. I, I was telling you this uh, when we were setting up this call a little earlier today, but I do a podcast with Logan Paulson, who played for him in Atlanta. And after Dan mm-hmm. got fired in Atlanta, he called Logan, and I'm assuming Logan was one of many, many calls that he made and was basically like, hey, man, like I'm looking for perspective on what went sideways here. What do you think? I'm curious if you've ever had those kinds of conversations with Dan. And, and if if you did, would you tell him? What are you willing to share? Because um, it is ultimately a private conversation. But also, just from what you've seen and observed as someone who knows him, like what would you tell him about being a head coach that second time around? Yeah, what I, what I would tell Dan is, obviously, when we were together, we kicked tail. Like, we went to back-to-back Super Bowls, number one defense. So everything was really great. The thing that Dan has to do if you're going to be the head coach, you still need to call plays. You still need to be the play caller. I know that um, when he went to Atlanta, Richard Smith was the coordinator, and um, he was making the play calls. No DQ. You have a phenomenal mind. You're a brilliant guy. You have got to be able to balance both of those responsibilities. You see D'Amico Ryan is doing it, Kyle Shanahan, McVay, like all of those guys are the head coach and the play caller. So do not let the responsibility go to anyone else. This is your second time around doing this. Um, the fan base, they're already kind of on edge. They're already a little iffy. And so you don't want to leave this um, defense up to anyone else but you. And so make sure that you're the one that's doing it. Surround yourself around the right guys. Get the right coordinator in that building because um, it's going to be an uphill battle. It won't be easy. But if anyone's up for the challenge and if anyone can't execute it, I promise you, DQ. So obviously commanders have number two pick in the draft. A lot of people think they're going to go quarterback and the big concern with hiring a defensive head coach, whether it was Dan or anybody else with the guy you guys got up there in Seattle and Mike McDonald was going to be, well, how do you build this long-term relationship between a coach and a quarterback? You were in that building with Pete and Russ who were able to do it for a long time. And obviously, as we all know, that wasn't always smooth, but it worked. They mm-hmm. all won a ton of games. So how can a right. defensive head coach, uh, ultimately build a good, long-term, sustainable relationship with a quarterback and, and keep that offensive continuity so that quarterback can thrive if, if they go there at number two? Well, let's, let's just look at it from – let's just look at the big picture. I, I spoke with John Snyder this offseason, and I asked him, what's your approach when it comes to drafting guys? And he said, in the past, we did a lot of reaching for guys. We reached for defensive ends. We reached for running backs. They made a lot of blunders when it came to drafting players a, a few years here in Seattle. And so if you're up there in Commanders, I know you want a quarterback. I know you want that guy. But don't feel like you got to reach early in the draft to just say, oh, I'm going to get a quarterback. To heck with that. Take the best player on the board. There are a lot of holes with this Commanders football team. Quarterback is obvious position. You can go up and down the roster to find guys. And so whoever you decide to draft at that spot, make sure that they are a guy that you could build around. It's not necessarily a quarterback. Evaluate all those guys, whether it's uh, Caleb, whether it's quarterback from North Carolina. Evaluate all of those guys and see who is the best player here that we could build around and take this thing going forward. 
KJ Wright is with us, uh, of course, former Seahawks linebacker, pro bowler, now uh, in the media world, uh, KJ all day on YouTube and uh, has a radio show that you can find on Cairo as well, uh, the podcast. Uh, you can also search that, uh, just search KJ Wright show in your favorite podcast app you want to check out. Uh, what they're talking about up there in Seattle. So, uh, KJ, one of the most interesting things to me when looking at the current commander's roster and where DQ has had some issues in Dallas with that D line or with that that defense is up the middle, a little bit light. Teams that have had success have run on them. Obviously, there's only been so many. I think that gets overblown because of that Packers game that you mentioned. But when teams mm-hmm. have found it, it has been they've been able to run on them. Well, he comes here and there's, you know, we don't know what the talent is. It was very poorly coached. So they might have a lot of talent mm-hmm. here, but it doesn't, it doesn't appear that way. But John Allen and Deron Payne are fantastic. Oh, yeah. You know, Jamin Davis is a big dude as a middle linebacker. How do you think mm-hmm. DQ's defensive style and kind of the, the principles and philosophies he has meshes with that spine of this defense? Yeah, and here's the beauty of DQ. DQ is he's a multiple um, he can run multiple things on the football field. He can come out there with a bare front. He can come out there with the over front that we ran a lot in Seattle. And so you saw how he utilized uh, Michael Parsons this, this, throughout his career. Put him on the edge, put him in off the ball linebacker. He's not just this is what I do type of coordinator. There are multiple things that Dan Quinn can't do. He's been around the game forever, and he's going to come in there. He's going to come in there and watch that tape, look at that film, and say, how do I want to design this football team? How do I want to design the way that we approach and attack? Who are my best guys? Let me put them in position to go out there and dominate and make plays. That is what he does well. When he was with us in Seattle, oh, all of these guys are good. Let me just run the same play all over and over. Right. And you saw what he did. Yeah, you saw what he did with the Cowboys. Okay, I got these corners that's making plays. Let me do a little shell coverage. Let me disguise cover three. We're going to rotate to cover two. Deron Bland, you go out there and have five, six, pick sixes. Michael Parsons, you're on the edge. I'm going to put you up the middle. You beat this guard left and right. Like the way that he he's creative, the way he utilizes his talent, is like no other I've, I've seen. And so, yeah. really in mind, I can't emphasize it enough, but once he gets there and turn on that tape, watch those guys, Dan is going to design his defense. So when those guys come there in OTAs, they're ready to roll. So I'm a subscriber to the dude theory, which is get dudes, put them in position to make plays, as opposed to the kind of the the scheme theory. It's like, oh, the scheme will take care of all of it. It's like, no, figure out what you need. No. Get those guys, <laughs> put them in position. You're telling me I'm going to like Dan Quinn. You're going to love Dan Quinn. And heck no, it, it's, the scheme is a part of it. Yeah, it's a part of it, but you best believe you need dudes to bring it to life. So you need the Jimmys and the Joes to go out there and execute, to say, hey, Take this, take this lineman, whoop his ass, get off the block, and go make the play. And so that's football, but obviously you need a coach to put him in the right spot so he can just bring out his skill set. I'm chuckling because the uh, lineup whoop his ass is like John Allen's literal favorite phrase. Yeah, I've heard John <laughs> Allen say that more than anything else John Allen has ever said, so I'm going to cut that clip. We have an event tomorrow night with our radio stations, and John is our special guest. I'm just going to play that for John Allen and then watch him dance around the stage. Uh, KJ Wright, you can catch him on YouTube. KJ all day, and then, of course, the radio show for Cairo up there in Seattle as well. This was great, dude. I hope that uh, there's more news in some form or fashion that happens and we can get you back on the show uh, sometime soon. Really appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, Craig. 
All right, that is KJ Wright. Uh, again, you just heard where you can catch him on YouTube and uh, his radio show if you want the podcast of that on-demand uh, reaction up there to the Mike McDonald hiring, and I'm sure they'll have some thoughts on DQ coming here. Uh, you can search the KJ Wright Show on your favorite podcast app. If you missed any of our show today, make sure you search The Hoffman Show on your favorite podcast app because there you'll find interviews with Mike Jones, John Kime, Kim Martin, and now KJ Wright coming up next, though. We'll get back to the phones. Yes, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. hour. What's up with you guys? 301-230-0980. Your thoughts on Dan Quinn being the head coach of the Washington Commanders.